0: This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, the secret CIA project called MKUltra and its pursuit of mind control.
1: How much evil can you do in a good cause before the evil starts to outweigh the good?
0: Mind control, the CIA, and the rise of psychedelics when Radio Health Journal returns.
2: I'm Reed Pence, the producer and host of Radio Health Journal. If you like listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics, from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints.
1: Perhaps even more surprising were pictures of just the devastation throughout Germany and Dresden and how whole cities were taken down by bombs.
2: The photographers who documented the end of World War II, Then
1: These things are non-biodegradable hazardous waste and that they need to be regulated in ways that we haven't done yet.
0: Cigarettes and their toll on our environment. I'm Marty Peterson.
2: And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Radio Health Journal and Viewpoints on your favorite radio station. And subscribe and listen anytime on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Health Journal.
0: Novelists and Hollywood directors have long been fascinated by the idea of mind control. Take the character of Jason Bourne, for example, the CIA operative whose identity has been wiped and reprogrammed into that of a cold-blooded assassin. Or how about the Men in Black series, where actor Will Smith erases memories with a tool he calls a flash thingy. Even J.K. Rowling in her Harry Potter series conjures mind control with the wave of a wand. But the concept of mind control hasn't been the purview of only creative fantasists for entertainment purposes. Believe it or not, the CIA once attempted to make mind control a reality.
1: Well, MKUltra is uh, a project that people sort of vaguely may have heard of, but has never really been the subject of a serious investigation. And the person who ran it... Sidney Gottlieb is totally unknown. So MK Ultra was one of the most secret CIA projects of the Cold War. It was a search for the key to mind control. The CIA wanted to figure out a way to take control of a person's mind. That way you could make that person tell the truth of everything they knew, or you could make that person forget everything they'd said or done. Or you could even program that person to commit a crime like a murder and then forget who had ordered it or even that he'd committed it. So Sidney Gottlieb was the young chemist hired in the 1950s to direct – MKUltra.
0: That's Stephen Kinzer, author of Poisoner in Chief, Sidney Gottlieb and the CIA Search for Mind Control. He says that Gottlieb pursued MKUltra methodically. He decided that in order to put a new mind into someone's brain, he first had to destroy the old one. Gottlieb spent years experimenting on people in gruesome and often fatal ways and even colluded with former Nazi doctors.
1: It truly is one of the most amazing parts of this story. I went to visit what I think might be the first CIA prison ever in a little villa in Germany. There's a photo of it in my book. And the guy took me down into the basement where they have the storage rooms. And he said, these were the cells. And he actually said, he said, in these cells, CIA operatives carried out experiments that were continuations of the experiments that were being carried out a few years earlier in Nazi concentration camps. In fact... The CIA actually hired Nazi doctors who had been active in conducting these experiments to come and explain how they did it so that the CIA could continue their projects. In a way, the entire mind control search throughout the 50s and into the 60s was based on what Nazis had done and what Japanese had done in their vivisection shop in China.
0: Kinzer says the CIA's experiments into mind control also dipped into psychedelic drugs. Later on, when President Richard Nixon declared the war on drugs, he had no idea that their rampant use was fueled by his own CIA's work gone haywire.
1: Richard Nixon famously called Timothy Leary, the LSD guru, the most dangerous man in America. But... How did Timothy Leary first get interested in psychedelic drugs? Well, it was one of Gottlieb's projects. So Tim Leary is definitely, as he later admitted, a product of the CIA and its interest in psychedelic drugs. It goes beyond that because in the experiments that Gottlieb was conducting in which he asked for volunteers through universities and hospitals to take LSD – so that their reactions could be observed, some of the early participants were the people who went on to turn on a whole generation. Ken Kesey, the author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, was one of the first people to take LSD in an experiment in a hospital in Menlo Park, California, that he later realized was a CIA experiment.
0: Interestingly, experts have revived their interest in the use of psychedelic drugs in controlled settings for therapeutic purposes. In the last year, we've reported on clinical trials using the banned drug MDMA, or ecstasy, for treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder. That study is being conducted at the Medical University of South Carolina. Another venue, Johns Hopkins University, has recently opened the Center for Psychedelic and Consciousness Research to study the use of psilocybin, a compound found in so-called magic mushrooms. The drug is being tested for its effectiveness in smoking cessation and for the treatment of depression, Alzheimer's disease, and anorexia nervosa.
1: We're finally getting over the demonization of this drug and also the sense that Gottlieb had that it could be used as a weapon of covert action. And maybe finally, we'll get back to the original idea that the first discoverer, Albert Hoffman, had back in the 1940s, which is that it could be useful in treatment and it could be useful in self-exploration, but not that it should be used as a weapon or a way to destroy minds the way Sidney Gottlieb used it.
0: Today's experiments use micro-doses of psychedelics in very controlled settings and have had positive results. In many cases, patients' conditions have significantly improved. However, decades ago, Gottlieb's intentions were sinister from the start. And as far as his own goals were concerned, his experiments were utter failures. Seven
1: African-American inmates were isolated and given what the doctor called double triple and quadruple doses of lsd every day for 77 days this was part of gottlieb's effort to try to find out if massive overuse of lsd could destroy someone's mind at the end after 10 years of doing this he concluded yes there is a way to destroy people's minds and i've done it in many cases but you can't do part two there is no way To program a new mind into the blank that you've created by destroying the old mind. Gottlieb was finally forced to conclude that mind control is a myth, but in the process, he destroyed many lives.
0: Gottlieb was totally invisible while he was working for the CIA. Kinzer says that even people within the spy community had no idea who he was or what he was doing.
1: It's remarkable how little ever came out about what MK Ultra is. Gottlieb, the man who ran it, lived in total invisibility. Even though he had a government-issued license to kill, even at the CIA, he was largely unknown. He lived in an eco-house with no running water. He studied Buddhism. He wrote poetry. He meditated. He grew his own vegetables. He got up before dawn to milk his goats. So here you have this kind of proto-hippie who's also, by day, conducting these horrific experiments. He really was a Jekyll and Hyde
0: character. The book is Poisoner in Chief, Sidney Gottlieb and the CIA's Search for Mind Control. You can learn more about its author, Stephen Kinzer, and all our guests by visiting our website at RadioHealthJournal.org. Our writer-producer this week is Polly Hansen, studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Nancy Benson.
2: Radio Health Journal returns in just a moment. Staying healthy is key
1: to enjoying a long and active life. Of chief importance, preserving a healthy brain. The brain is one of the most complex organs in the human body, and many influences contribute to its function, according to registered dietitian Courtney Romano, health advisor for the California Table Grape Commission.
0: While multiple factors contribute to brain health, experts believe the foods we eat play a powerful role. Heart-healthy foods from fish to olive oil to vegetables and fruits, including grapes, may contribute to brain health. A preliminary study found that consuming grapes every day helped preserve metabolic activity in regions of the brain associated with early-stage Alzheimer's disease, where metabolic decline takes hold. More research is underway to help understand the potential links between grapes and brain health.
1: Grapes contain over 1,600 natural plant compounds, including beneficial antioxidants and other polyphenols, which contribute to heart health and may play a role in healthy aging. Visit GrapesFromCalifornia.com for more information.
0: About 27 million people in the United States have chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD. COPD is treatable, yet half of flare-ups are never reported to physicians, suggesting that patients are not seeking appropriate care. There are 1.2 million COPD hospital admissions each year, and one in four patients hospitalized for COPD flare-up die within a year. Dr. David Menino is a respiratory medical expert at GSK.
2: It is important to act before COPD progresses. Flare-ups should be treated early on before the condition worsens. Having one COPD flare-up increases the risk of having another, and studies have shown each flare-up can cause more lung damage. You don't have to settle with symptoms that interfere with your daily routine. If you continue to experience COPD symptoms, speak with your doctor about what more can be done to manage them.
0: Dr. Menino says studies demonstrate that early treatment brings improvement in lung function, breathlessness, and quality of life. Find out more at COPD.com. It's National Alzheimer's Disease Awareness Month, as well as National Family Caregivers Month. The two go together, since there are more than 16 million families and friends in the U.S. caring for someone with Alzheimer's. According to the Alzheimer's Association, four out of five caregivers say they'd like more support in providing care, especially from their families, yet 39% haven't engaged others in caregiving tasks. Ruth Drew, Director of Information and Support Services for the Alzheimer's Association, has suggestions on ways to help.
1: Make a standing appointment to give the caregiver a break so they can run errands or go to a support group. Caregivers often feel isolated or alone, so check in with a phone call or stop by for a visit. And when you offer support, be specific. Say, I'm going to the store, what do you need, rather than call me if you need anything.
0: People overwhelmingly agree caregiving for someone with Alzheimer's should be a group effort. Find more tips and resources for caregivers at ALZ.org. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please support our show by subscribing, sharing it with a friend, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and RadioHealthJournal.net. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RadioHealthJournal.
2: Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal.
0: They feel like their lives were shattered. So there's a definite mark in their life about how life was before and how life was after. And they're left picking up these myriad of pieces. Suicide survivors
2: needing more support, but often getting less.
0: Then the significance of the fertility rate reaching an all-time low.
2: We've had a cumulative
1: decline. Since the beginning of the Great Recession, that adds up to something which is quite
2: significant. All that and more on Radio Health Journal.